What's going on, fans? My name's Josh. I'm here with Matt. Hey. And today we're uh, we're joined by a special guest, Seth, and we're going to talk about Star Wars: Clone Wars. We're going to talk about Game of Thrones, and we're going to talk about Avengers: Endgame. And this is the Nerd Force Podcast. So, Seth, um, you know, we were talking previously about Star Wars Clone Wars and uh, the relevance that has within the Star Wars universe as a whole. Uh, I know that there, it does go through and it fills a lot of gaps. I haven't seen a whole lot of it myself, um, so I'm definitely not an authority on the subject. I've, I've seen episodes here and there, but we, we have you on and we, we definitely want to utilize that while you're here, your knowledge on that. Um, for those fans like me or like I was initially going into Clone Wars and uh, look at it as not necessarily an animated feature but more of a, a cartoon meant for kids, meant for um, the younger crowd. Um, could, you, could you express your thoughts on that? How, how is that? How am I and other people or how was I and other people wrong in that, that type of assumption? That's the approach I took too, Josh. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Um, so you're not as far as like season one and the first half of season two go. Um, it is very kind of campy and kiddy. Um, there's a lot of goofy stuff that happens. They come up with witty nicknames for each other. And it can cause Ahsoka Snips and she calls him Sky Guy. And that all takes place in the very first like episode, yeah. basically. Um, so it's very campy. It's very kiddy early on. And then as the seasons progress and as you get into like seasons three, four, five, the storylines get a lot darker. Um there's a lot more. I mean, there's there's a story arc where one of the one of the Jedi is basically sending his clones in to the slaughter by the thousands, and eventually, like Captain Rex and Commander Cody need to turn against him and fight against him. And it turns out that he was switching over to the dark side, and so it got like it had some dark undertones to certain things that kind of came across. And but it, you did have to get through some some tough early on seasons where they were figuring out their footing and figuring out exactly what they wanted to represent, what they wanted to show, and how they wanted to progress the storylines of each of the individual characters, and how they wanted to tie it in from like episode 2 to episode 3, um, so all that. So it, it did start off very, very kiddy, and it was tough to watch. I'd, I, I would watch it laying in bed at night as to like fall asleep to, and then it got to the point where I'd watch like 9 or 10 episodes in a row mm -hmm. and wouldn't sleep, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I had to like just turn it off and go to bed. It'd be 2 a.m. And I'm like, I really need to get up in three hours. Let's go to bed. <laughs> Do you think it does a good job of bridging that gap between the two movies, though? I think not watching it as a Star Wars fan is an injustice to the storyline. Yeah. Like, if you're if you're trying to introduce somebody to Star Wars, then being like, cool, you need to watch episode one, episode two, six seasons of The Clone Wars, and then episode three, that's a lot to take in. Yeah. But as Star Wars fans, as people who are like, I've seen the movies 12 times, 15 times, yeah. um not filling that gap and not yeah. understanding exactly because it, it, it does a really, really good job of filling in Anakin's turn from the light to the dark was very expedited in the movies. Sure. It was extremely yeah. quick. Yeah, it was. He went from very whiny and bratty in episode two to all-powerful in episode three mm -hmm. and then his turn to the dark was extremely quick um, in the movie, like even in episode three itself, not even including everything that happened in episode two. So, Filling in the gaps of that, you know, roughly seven years that the Clone Wars took place, uh, is is really good. And there's a lot of stuff that happens where he turns dark and he lets his anger get the best of him. And you can see that he's willing to do things that like Obi Wan isn't. 
Um, and then you can see him kind of passing that information like down to his his Padawan. So even like she starts to do things that are kind of against the Jedi Order and the way that the Jedi operate. And you know, there's that all of that stuff is brought up and communicated and talked about throughout the series. Yeah. So I think I think if you're if you're a fan <clears throat> enough to go back and rewatch the movies regularly, then you should go back and at least watch certain story arcs. You don't have to watch all six seasons. There's definitely episodes that even now like. If I'm doing a rewatch, I'll skip. Like I don't need to see the Jar Jar episodes. Yeah. I don't need to see the R two D two C three PO episodes. Like they're good, but you kind of see them once, and you're like, "Cool, I get it." They got lost in the desert. Yeah. Um, but seeing the the transformation of Anakin and Obi Wan and Yoda and Mace Windu and you know Boba Fett's got a really good story arc in it, and you know how he kind of tried to tried to get revenge on Mace Windu for what mm-hmm. happened on Geonosis, and mm-hmm. then you know that obviously doesn't work because you've seen episode three and Mace Windu's still alive. Um, but like even that story arc just just, you know, seeing Boba Fett come up and, you know, be the the awesome person that he is in, you know, episode five. That you know yeah, the, yeah. the version that everybody fell in love with. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing with Boba too. It's like you can never get enough, right? It seems like no, you know yeah. there's more and more coming out with him all the time, which is great because I think the more they develop him, the better too. I mean Yeah, it's, I don't even it's, think it's like I don't even think it's necessarily him. I think it's like the ideal of him. Yeah. I mean, they've got the Mandalorian series sure. coming out. Uh, it's in uh, Disney Plus, and that definitely falls within the same line of things, to where you know it's it's the, the ideal of, of somebody that plays both sides. It's the, the anti-hero, right? It's not somebody that's strictly bad or good. It's just somebody that's going along and trying to make a living and doing what he does. Yeah. And um, you know that, that's interesting. But the um, with uh with with that coming to Disney Plus and with um you know them revamping Clone Wars now for Disney Plus um I'm curious as to where the the quality of the show will go as far as you know I think that's going to go severely up although I don't have a whole lot of I don't have a good baseline to be able to draw that off of how was the as far as like animation I know that like a lot of the original cast does the voice acting right so like Hayden Christensen is is Anakin within this, and then um, does is um, so or is uh, is uh, Kenobi still the the same person, or are we? Um, so for so for the Clone Wars, they actually recasted the vast majority of the people. So it's actually Anakin Skywalker is voiced by Hayden Christensen. He's voiced mm. by Matt Lanter. Mm. Um, uh, I don't I don't remember the name of the guy who voices Obi Wan Kenobi, but it's not Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Um, they they I mean they they brought in people that are very good at kind of mimicking the same voice that, you know, some of those people have. Yeah, they fooled me. I thought it was Hayden Christensen uh, whenever I was watching it, like, yeah. for early on. Yeah, Matt Lander's pretty good at kind of catching some of, like, the, you know, the, the little isms that Hayden yeah. Christensen does in, uh, in you know, the, the prequel trilogy. Um, but it's it's definitely not Hayden. It is Matt Lander. They did use kind of... The animation style is a little bit different, and you can tell that even... So Matt Lander even did the voice for Hayden Christensen, or for Anakin in, like, Battlefront. Yeah. So Battlefront Two, and they they did a big interview with him, and they were like, "How did it feel to have Hayden Christensen's face, yeah. even though it was your voice?" And he was like, "I was just happy to be a part of it." Nice. Like so, I mean, he he lived with that role for you know six years and or five or six years, and you know they're they're all you can you can tell just watching them that they're they're big fans and they love playing that role and playing that part, being a part of the universe. Um, but yeah, so so they they did bring back the original Clone Wars cast. Yeah. So everybody who had a part, everybody who voiced a, a character, um, they're all still involved. Um, but the the people who were in the movies are, are far separated. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Cool, man. I, I, I mean, uh, as far as as far as um, production animation go, um, where would you put that in line with with some other things that we see as far as uh, animation goes? As far as like feature length uh, films, um, is it is it on par with something that you would you would expect from? You know, I, I know that was done by Cartoon Network, and all I can think about from Cartoon Network's um, perspective is something like maybe Rick and Morty or um samurai jack or like something like that it's it's not there's not story storytelling and things like that are, are amazing in those and, and amazing within clone wars but as far as um animation and, and bringing the characters to life through that um how do you feel how do you feel about clone wars um as it has been previously as it has been you could if you do a binge watch through of seasons one through five you can see a clear difference as you're binging it that the animation gets significantly better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, the, the, the cutscenes and the motions get a lot better. You could tell going into it in season one, it was, we have a very limited budget, mm-hmm. um, so we're going to get the best story that we can, and we're going to worry about the animation later. And then as kind of they progressed, and they got more money, and they got more people watching, and then they continued to get more money, and that, that snowball just kind of rolled downhill and kept collecting what it was collecting, then uh, the animation got better, and it got smoother, and it got cleaner, and... You know the lightsaber fights got better. Um, there's a there's a classic lightsaber fight between Obi Wan Kenobi, Darth Maul, and Savage Opress that was just like phenomenal. Mm. And it's just like Obi Wan holding them both off with like two lightsabers, and you're like, this is the best lightsaber fight I've ever seen, like mm. live action or not. Like this is one of the best lightsaber fights ever. And just like, but they they were able to do that because <clears throat> they had more money, they had more production money, they had more time that that Disney or Lucasfilm was giving them. But there, if if you look at early seasons, it was it was a lot more choppy. It was a lot. Yeah. Even going back now, like I see, you know, the trailer for the new Clone Wars, and I look at like season one, episode one, and I'm like, man, that's probably why it took me so long to get into this show. Yeah. <laughs> like, animation yeah. was not that good. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it, it's it's for me at least it was between animation and storyline. I mean, the storyline and dialogue um, within the storyline. The it's. It, we talked about this, but it, it seemed kind of childish at the beginning of, of things. And that's I, where I. That's where I, I stopped. I yeah. did one or two, and I was like, mm, no, I think I didn't think it was going to go. Yeah, anymore. I think ultimately, like I, I personally, as a fan that needs to watch it, I've got to get past those those first few seasons and just power through them. I don't necessarily have to be actively watching them, but just have the kid in front of the TV and maybe like have it on or something. Yeah. Um, but, I will say that season five has one of the darkest story arcs. Uh, I've probably ever seen in any sort of like animated feature. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it has to do with the the so when when the clones executed Order sixty six, it was an inhibitor chip in their brains that was put there by the Kaminoans or the people yeah. that that created the clones, mm-hmm. um, and it was put there by the Empire at the Emperor's order, mm-hmm. and one of the chips malfunctioned and he killed a Jedi because he thought that he was under orders to do it, and then another clone trooper figures out what's happening. And like tries to tries to blow it all open and has to go on the run and gets caught and like it's it's one of the darkest story wow. arcs that I've ever seen. I'm sold and on that one. Yeah. I'm like, watching. To this day, like <laughs> I will go back and I'll watch those like four episodes. Yeah. Just like on repeat. I'm like, these are some of the best episodes. Yeah. Period. It's the very start of like season five. Like season nice. five opened, which was after the, the Disney purchase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they flipped it over to Netflix. Yeah. They gave him one season and this was how they started that season and you're like Oh, we're in for a ride here. Yeah, like, this, this yeah, is gonna yeah. be a good season. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely intriguing. I, I'm I'm definitely sold on it. I've been sold on it for a while. I just haven't actually put the time into it. 
Um, we talked about the Disney purchase and, and you know, the as far as, like, things going from Cartoon Network to Netflix, um, having a lot more to do with it, um, or, or having having more of a budget, I guess, behind it um, going in that move. Um, now going from Netflix to Disney+, Plus, having more of a budget for it, but not only that, also hinging um, some bets on it as far as content goes with their limited amount of original content that they're going to have for Disney+. Plus. Um, how do you think that's going to change things as far as the show moves forward? Or you think that, do you think things will become more darker um, or, or go into those dark places again with things? Do you think it'll be a lighter tone because it's on Disney+. Plus? Um, do you think, uh, how do you think that the, the storyline is going to play out and also the production value of, of the Clone Wars is going to play out? I think the production value is going to be high. I think it'll be higher than it was in season five. They got um, the bank. That's for exactly. sure. Man. They, like, got the they bank have the money and the technology. And they, they got it all. Yeah. They now know that there is a, a want for this. There was a save the Clone Wars hashtag for yeah. years before this was ever brought back and before they, wow. they greenlit season six. And that's the reason it got greenlit is because the fans were like, we want to know what happens. Like, we want to know what happens to Ahsoka. We want to know what happens to Rex and Cody. We want to know what happens to all of these characters in between where it left off and where we pick up with them mm-hmm. in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. And there is a small gap of time there. And one of the worst things, or maybe the best things, that Disney did was they released kind of an idea of what all of those episodes were like four years ago. After the show was canceled and it was done, they dropped them all on StarWars.com. You can go read about it now. It talks about, you know, the Bad Batch, and it talks about the Siege of Mandalore, and those are all arcs that they're going to do this upcoming season. And we know that from the trailer that they showed at um, Star Wars Celebration, Mm -hmm. where you saw the Bad Batch, and, you know, they're basically just, like, genetically modified clone troopers, you know, clone Force 99, and they're, they're not normal. They don't look the same as all the other clones. They don't act the same as all the other clones. And they're basically just like a squadron of Call of Duty guys going out and they act like it. Like, yeah. You got like a big gunner dude who's basically, he's your heavy. You got the, the tech wizard. You got yeah. the leader and you've mm-hmm. got the close, you know, close quarters combat guy. And they're basically just like a squadron of Call of Duty guys. Yeah. Yeah. And they act like it. And, yeah. you know, the, the scene that they showed in Celebration was phenomenal because Rex is like, no, like we got we to gotta hunker down here and, and ride this out. And they were like, no, no, we're going to bring the fight to them. And they did, they went in and just crushed, like. And it was incredible. But like, awesome. but like you have that coming. So we already know some of the story arcs that are coming just based yeah. off of what they released on StarWars.com and then like some other media that's come out that's considered canon. Um, so we know like, you know, how the Siege of Mandalore kind of goes down based on the Ahsoka book. So the prologue mm-hmm. of the Ahsoka book is her dealing with Maul on Mandalore, which is where we last saw him prior to Solo. Yeah. So how did mandalore fight back how did maul get booted from mandalore how did he lose that army that he had in Mm -hmm. order to create the crimson dawn that we see in the solo movie yeah right so like what happened in between there and there which is something else that hasn't you know quite been filled out so last we saw maul he was running mandalore how did that happen yeah that that brings up something very interesting so you're talking about these storylines and you know the with the um, so the movie doing well. Um, it didn't. It didn't do as well as expected. I don't think. Um, I mean, obviously, it didn't do as well as expected. I don't, but it, I don't think it did as well as they hoped, based on how much they had to put into it for all yeah. the all the, the the reshoots and all the the rewrites and all that. Um, I think it did well enough for what it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was I just like a that. fun. Yeah, a fun yeah. laugh. You know, go have fun with yourself. Star Wars movie. It wasn't going to be mm-hmm. dark like the Last Jedi was, or. 
you know, super serious, but it was just going to be like, let's go have fun with a character that people have fun with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, that, that being the fact, and then um, with them having a new medium now, and them hiring on, um, you know, the, the original actors from the, the Avengers movies, um, that, that isn't going to be as... Or, or is, isn't going to be as cheap as, as what you would normally do for a TV show, right? Um, do you think that there's any hope uh, for solo um, series or um, maybe even Don Glover coming on to do a, um, a series on, on the character within Solo? I think uh, Donald Glover coming on to do some sort of a Lando show yeah. would be a more realistic option. Um, not that Alden Ehrenreich didn't do fine as Han himself. Yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, you watch that movie and Lando stole the show. Like yeah. every, yeah. every yeah. single yeah. he was in. That's like, what I said too, yeah. That was, that was Lando's movie. That was mm-hmm. Donald Glover's movie. And he put a lot of effort into transforming into, you know, a version of Lando that we all recognized. Yeah. That was very, very similar to what we got in the original trilogy. Yeah. But with his own little flair to it. So I could see them greenlighting some sort of a uh, limited series based around Lando that would include Han Solo and Chewbacca. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't think that they would do a Han Solo series or movie. I think they kind of, they did what they wanted to with that and they didn't get the reception that they were hoping for. So they're going to back off. And Yeah, I could be done with that. Um, you know, I, I think it's... It's it's not something that, that has to be done, but you know it's it's something that that would do great fan service. You know, I, I know they have talked about like doing doing films with uh with Helmsley Lando, and and doing like a Lando movie, like a standalone Lando movie. I think that would be fine, but you know I think I think it does a lot more for character development, and especially what Don Glover did with the character, mm-hmm. as far as like character development for for a series on even if it's a limited series, on um on disney plus but yeah i mean if you if you think about it a, a limited series is what anywhere from you know six to 13 episodes yeah that gives you six to 13 hours, hours to develop yeah. character sure. and versus you know, establish plot versus yeah, you know, anywhere anywhere from a 90 minute to a two and a half hour movie yeah where you everything yeah. has to be just so congested and so rushed that it's a lot more difficult cool man um so that's going to be it for the Facebook guys today. If you're uh, listening to this on Facebook, like, subscribe, comment. Down Absolutely. Below. <laughs> uh, Seth, where, where can they find you at? On- uh, I am at underscore fun time on Instagram. That is going to be my personal Instagram. And I am at underscore fit nerd on Instagram. That is a uh, YouTube channel that I'm working on building, trying to kind of merge what you guys are doing here. Uh, Star Wars, comic books, Game of Thrones, movies, that kind of thing with fitness and working out and being healthy and, you know, just kind of hacking your health and living the best life that you can. Sweet. Awesome, guys. Well, um, until next week, uh, peace. Make sure to like the page. Um, uh, share this out so all of your friends can like and see everything that we're doing. Um, we're definitely going places. We've got a lot planned for the future once that this busy season uh, kind of dies down. Um, but we will be back uh, next week. Uh, same bat channel, probably a different time. But... We'll be here. Um, uh, I'll try to make sure that we post up something to forewarn that we're going to go live at some point. And um, uh, we'll, we'll catch you then. Make sure to follow the podcast. You can find it wherever you find podcasts at. If you can't find it where you find podcasts at, let me know. I'll make sure that it gets up there. Um, thanks for watching. All right, guys. So if you're still here, 
that means that you uh, have subscribed to the podcast. I want to give you a big thanks, first of all, uh, for subscribing to the podcast. Um, it definitely helps us out. We're, we're more than happy to do this. Um, we want to do more of it. Um, we want to be able to do um, special things. So being able to do those things um, involves you guys. It involves you guys uh, subscribing to the podcast and liking us on Facebook. Um, rate uh, the podcast and review it. Definitely helps out. Share it out to your friends who you think will be interested in um, everything that we talk about. And, uh, and that definitely helps us out. So next piece of news is uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is, uh, is probably one of the bigger pieces of news um, here lately. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably between that and Endgame are probably the biggest things going on right now. And we're covering both of them here, right here, <laughs> on the uh, your source for nerd news, right? That's it. So... Um, we've got a very special guest on the program with us today that I mentioned earlier, Seth. Seth knows probably everything about Game of Thrones more than anybody else besides George R. R. Martin and the producers of Game of Thrones currently. And the only but, person that's been mentioned in all three podcasts so far. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure I would go as far as that, but I have read all the books once. You don't, you, you don't consult with them? <laughs> yeah. So he's been a little modest. I mean, he's, he's been in uh, different trivia competitions with um, poor Game of Thrones uh, trivia and has walked away with several trophies from those, right? Uh, I've walked away with a couple of gift cards to bars. Yeah. Well, hey. Yeah. Pub trivia is my jam. Yeah. <laughs> so, nice. um, but uh, definitely, definitely a voice of uh, authority on that. That. Um, so we're glad to have him here today. Uh, thanks for being around, Seth. Hopefully, we can get on um, after the um, the the, the show ends. Show ends. Yeah. Um, and then all the, all the tears. Yep. And then as After he's we, out of counseling, we'll uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll get a hold of him, <laughs> pick him up. <laughs> and as we go further um, with with the uh, the spinoffs and things like that, we'll we'll have you back on. So um, this week's episode of uh, uh, Game of Thrones is uh, I would describe probably as the the quiet before the storm or the calm before the storm. It was calm, yes, definitely calm. There there are a lot of things going through it. Um, we had, you know, um, the announcement from Jon Snow to Danny that he's the true heir to the throne. I don't think he was originally, I don't think he was portraying it as that necessarily, but that he was his, he was her nephew. And, um, then we had, you know, uh, Arya Stark's, um, breaking of her, uh, 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 (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying. I want, I want to see how you're yeah. going to word this. <laughs> Bubble of sorts, <laughs> and so uh, it's been it's been very active uh, week with uh, with Game of Thrones. Definitely a lot of surprises. I feel like um, I know that there's there's only four episodes left, and so they're trying to cram a lot of storyline into uh, these episodes. But it feels kind of rushed for me um, as far as as far as things that are going on. And and again, I know that there's things that have to happen but i feel like they could have made um uh eight nine episodes without any type of real filler with uh with all the stuff that they're doing with this season what are your thoughts uh agreed i think i think even the last season was a little bit rushed and that was one of the the major complaints that people had and you know on reddit and in social forums and on twitter was you know in season one it took it took four episodes for Ned Stark and Robert Baratheon to get from Winterfell to King's Landing, and then season 
what six? We're in seven now, right? I don't. Know. Uh, we're in we're what eight? Eight. eight. Yeah. yeah eight. So in eight. season seven, uh, Jon Snow got uh, to the wall from Dragonstone to the wall and north of the wall in one episode, and in half of one of those episodes, Daenerys got from Dragonstone to north of the wall in a dragon. After you know, Gendry ran like Usain Bolt back to the <laughs> wall to send to nice. send a, a raven. So, um, the last two seasons have been very rushed. Um, that said, I don't actually mind it because the point of the first few seasons of all of that time where it took so long to travel was to establish the world, was to do all of that world building, right? You yeah. know, all the time that the Hound was traveling with Arya for, you know, two seasons was yeah. world building. It was seeing how the War of the Five Kings took its toll on, you know, the world around them, on the, on the people, on, on the lowly peasants that, you know, aren't at all involved in this. They're just trying to survive. Um, and now that we've already established how dark this world is and how torn apart the country is or the continent is based on the the battles that have been raging now for seven years, um, they can kind of speed things up. And they can be like, all right, cool, Jamie, you're gonna get from Winterfell or from King's Landing to Winterfell in one episode. Yeah. Like you're gonna you're gonna leave at the end of this episode and arrive at the end of this one because we've already seen what that world looks like. Yeah, we don't need to see it again. Like we understand that it takes weeks for this trip to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna fast travel, and we're gonna say you know this episode is gonna take place over the course of weeks, you know, or we're gonna jump ahead so that you know Daenerys and John arrive in episode one, and then they're there for two days, and then Jamie shows up, right? So it's not super rushed, or, or or it is super rushed, but we've already established the world, we already know you know how it affects the peasants and how it affects the, the common people, so we don't need to spend all that time saying. All right, we're going to show Jamie going from King's Landing to Winterfell or the course of four episodes. We already know what happens. Let's speed this along and get to the meat of the story, which is all kind of coming down this season, which is, you know, like you said, uh, John finding out his true heritage, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. his relationship to Daenerys now based on that, yeah. which, um, you know, a lot of people freaked out because she wasn't concerned that she was his aunt. Well, yeah, but and, I mean, and, that's, and now that's they're in love, of, like, it's... That's... it's it was medieval times. Like, she expected to marry she, her brother. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, like, it, it's medieval, medieval times. Like, aunts and nephews getting together. Like, yeah. probably Place. wasn't that unheard of. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, well, it's so, I mean, it's, it's, obviously, it's obviously stigmatized because Jamie and, um, and Cersei, or, uh, yeah, Cersei were, were having issues as far as, you know, people um, blacklisting them because of, right. because of alleged events um, that, that were true. But, um, but at the same time, that that is like direct incest, like that is brother and sister, um, which I think has always been yeah. But I mean, she was she was versus planning on marrying her brother, is what I'm saying. You know, right? And right. that was that. That's kind of the 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 um. I'm trying to remember the house name. Uh, I'm blanking on it right now. Of uh, Danny and oh, Targaryen. Targaryen. So yeah. that's been that's been the the Targaryen lineage has been you know brother sister. Uh-huh. relationships yeah, oh, oh absolutely so um, it's, it's been direct on the, for egg on the conqueror conquered yeah. westeros with his two sisters who he was married to both of them or was was dating both of them or was involved with both of them at least like they they may not have had an official marriage but like this was commonplace amongst the targaryens was yeah. keeping that bloodline pure yeah yeah as pure as possible especially because they are the last of the you know true valerians yeah so in their mind they're like we're going to keep our bloodline pure and to do that we have to intermingle Yep. And we're not going to bring in outside blood sources. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, what the this episode was called the uh, Night of the Seven Kingdoms. I think that that refers to one person in particular, but that also refers to a lot of people um, separately from that. So, 
Um, obviously, the the Knight of the Seven Kingdoms this this week was um, was Lady now Sir um, Brienne of Tarth. Yeah, yeah Brienne of Brienne. Tarth. Yes, but I also think uh, Jamie Lannister um, proved himself to be to be more knightly. In this episode, we had um, we had Sam, who is who became more knightly in this episode. Um, we 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 had Arya, who who um, who became you know came to a new revelation in her life, not even beyond the acts that that happened with her uh, her um, crush at the time, but the the things that she talked to as far as. You know, this is uh, this is another form of death, and um, then that long thousand-yard stare that she has after the act of um, things that happen. So it's um, it's very interesting. You know, what are as far as who shined the most within this episode? Because there's a ton of character building in this episode. Um, who would you give you know the title as MVP of this episode to? Oh, 100%. It goes to Brienne of Tarth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, throughout throughout the series, since her introduction in season mm-hmm. two, she has been the most knightly. Is you know the the word they use. She's been the most knightly character throughout honor. the entire series. It's all honor with her. Yeah. Yeah. Like she she does everything for other people. She always has from the very moment that we first saw her. All she wanted to do was be Renly's, you know, Kingsguard, and then she, when Renly died, she immediately, you know, pledged her honor to Catelyn Stark. Yeah. And then promised to save her daughters. And then when she finally did save her daughters, she pledged her life to her daughters. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yep. she has been the most knightly person throughout the entire series. Everything that she does is for other people, for the weaker, for the people that can't buy for themselves. Right. Um, so, for her to finally get... There's no ulterior you know, motive. With yeah. Her. I like, mean, it's just... it's She just does it because it's, it's who she is. Yeah. And for her to finally get the recognition that she's had coming for her the entire show was really good. And I think my favorite part of that episode wasn't even the knighting. Like that was that was great. Like it was it was a tearjerker moment. But it was right beforehand when Jamie Lannister was yeah. like, Neil, she said no, I don't want it. And then she looked at Pod. Yeah. Who's been with her since like yeah. season four and he knows her better than anybody right. alive. Yeah. And he could just see yeah. on her face. Like he knows that she wants this more than anything else in the world. And then yeah. Jamie says something along the lines of like do you want to be a knight or not? Yeah. Very and good, she yeah. looks at Pod and he just kind of like, like they don't say a word, but right. you know that they have a full conversation yeah. there and he just kind of nods at her and then she gets up and goes and does it. Yeah. So yeah. like that was probably my favorite part was because those two people who, I mean, she makes fun of him and she beats him up and she, but like yeah. he's brings so much to her. Like she recognizes yeah. his value and his opinion means a lot to her. And his the opinion same at thing. that moment was like, you deserve this. Go get what you deserve. We well, may not live through the night. It's the it's the same thing that that um, Jamie and Brienne have to an extent. I mean, I think that probably runs a little bit deeper as far as um, you know, the the longevity of things with between the the other two, but um, between Pod and uh, between uh, Brienne. But you know, it's it's definitely an interesting uh, development that they're doing between those two, um, and and between. Um, you know what they're doing with uh, with her as an individual, and and they're making her more vulnerable, which we haven't seen before. Really, mm-hmm. it's been you know she's been tough as nails, and and has been immune to to any type of um, uh, fear or or longing for for anything greater. It's just been mission, mission, oath, 
you know, she's the Oath Keeper, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> similar to to definitely story development where we're seeing, uh, or character development with things, we're seeing uh, Tyrion Lannister uh, make huge strides as far as, um, you know, how he's, he was, he's always been um, put family at a point where um, family is important to him to an extent, right? But aside from his father. But um, now he's kind of learning the lessons of not being able to trust those people. I know that we had talked about last week, uh, Matt, that you had some doubts as far as where his loyalty stand. Do you still have those doubts after this episode or, or are you still on the same? Or, or do your opinions differ on that matter? I, I, I think I'm still there. Yeah. I, I, I do. I think I'm still there. I mean, he's always been that guy that plays both sides type of thing, too, you know. And he's, you know, he's obviously, he's very, you say, loyal to family. Loyal to his brother, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Yeah, That's Jamie. where it's always been a, yeah. a family support for him. Um, but again, you know, it's, that, that, yeah, I think so. I mean, Seth, you probably can go deeper into, um, you know, his his portrayals and, and, and so forth and what you've gleaned from it, but... Uh, that's interesting. So I just liked. I did like the scene a lot in episode one when he was called out on the. We were talking about that last week too. By Sansa? Yeah. No, by Danny, on the when they're on the beach. Oh, oh was, episode yeah. one of uh, last season. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. No, I think um, I'm a little torn on this because I wanna, I wanna think that he's changed and he's learned his lesson, but at the same time. Um, he has all family has always been his number one loyalty. Right. He always puts family above everything else, but he also always uh, he put Cersei's children above everybody else. So he yeah. truly did. I mean, he he berated and he beat Joffrey, but he was trying to make him a better person, and he really did love Tommen and Marcella, right? Um, who are both now dead. So going into last season with Cersei not having any children, um, knowing that Cersei wanted him dead, and then you know him and Jaime kind of had that that tiff at the very end when yeah. he was escaping and then he murdered their father like he he didn't really have anybody else now if cersei really is pregnant which i think that she is yeah yeah i think um, i don't yeah. i don't think that she'll come to term but i think that she is pregnant um that i don't puts, think she'll survive until term but exactly yeah. i think that that puts jamie or Tyr- Tyrion in a awkward position because yeah. the children have always been his weak point they've always been what he always looked out for the most so if she really is pregnant which I believe that she is, that's going to be what gets him in trouble. It's yeah. not going to be him betraying Danny and John for uh, Cersei or Jamie. It's going to be that child. Yeah. Yeah, I think. No, I agree with that. That's, I agree. I, I, that, I think that's. I don't, exactly think, I don't the think that case. he's necessarily going to portray or betray Danny, though. I think that he's found like a, a new light within Danny. And we can talk about like family ties all we want to. And like uh, there's there's a lot of theories floating around that he could be. Uh, 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 um, uh, Targaryen as well. So between, yeah. Are you talking about the time traveling baby? The time traveling baby? No, I haven't heard this one. What's this? One? <laughs> that is far and wide the most obnoxious theory I've ever heard, which is that Tyrion is actually Daenerys and Drogo's baby. And when Miri Mazdura did her blood magic at the end of season one, what she did was she took. Tyrion from Daenerys's womb and transported him back in time into Tywin's wife and then took that baby which was stillborn and put it into Daenerys. 
No, the <laughs> wow, <laughs> right? That's somebody the, had a lot of free the, time on their the hands. The problem when you have like fifty five hundred <laughs> pages of manuscript is you can find almost anything yeah, yeah. to support the most ridiculous theory you can come up with. Um, no, uh, that definitely wasn't the theory that I was talking about, but it's uh, more of that um, that the father portrayed as as um, Tyrion's father isn't his his father he's, he's half brother to to jamie and uh cersei but right i've, I've heard that theory as well that, that yeah. she had an affair with the at time king yeah yeah, yeah the, the um mad king yeah so that's that's more of what i was laying upon but um whether that's true or not i i you know i don't think that takes away he's had a lot of redemption over the past few seasons um i think it started the red wedding after the red wedding he kind of um found himself from a place of of um, uh, a stalker or um, aristocracy, whatever you say. Um, but it's it's you know he's he's had a point to where he's he's been able to 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 live a certain life and then that life was taken away from him and he's he's been humbled through that process and and he's kind of seen the world in a different light I think and and through that he's able to 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 put more things into perspective than he was in in you know the first three seasons of the show and i think that that has changed as far as where his loyalty loyalties lie i would completely agree if jamie wise um he's he's definitely uh loyal to jamie but i think that's more because he's he's on the same page you can see his own movement through the through his story arc and jamie as well um and seriously he he kind of sees the iron throne taking a hold of her and and changing her as it did with with the Mad King. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I'm torn on it. I'm not not entirely sure what's gonna happen with Tyrion. I want to believe that he's uh, he's turned that page, mm-hmm. and then he's he's in this for the long haul. But at the same time, I'm just I'm nervous about it. He is one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Oh, he's great. Yeah, he's my he really character. is a good character. He is. I, I, I just, I'm with that leopard doesn't change spots things with him. And I and I want it too. I would like to see it. Yeah. But uh, that'd put a, that'd be a nice little bow on it. Yeah. But I just don't, who knows. So, uh, speaking of Tyrion and, and what, what he's doing, the, the, he had that talk with Bran in this past episode, right? To where Bran, um, and, and Bran had came out to him uh, as the three-eyed raven, as Bran has done with everybody else, but um, Bran, uh, and he actually had a discussion on it afterwards in the hall, whenever they, they sing Jane's song and, um, uh, they do the nighting or, or before they do the nighting, but in the same location, he talks about, you know, I think that we may survive. Do you think that has any influence on what Bran may, may or may not have said to him? Um, possible. The funny thing with Bran is he can see the future. Mm-hmm. He can see all timelines. Um, but he isn't telling anybody how to approach fighting the Night King. Right. But, and I think that's because of the Night King. Yeah. So, I think the Night King is also a three-eyed raven. So, he had the same abilities. Yeah. So in, Whatever he in marked that, brand, too, that would explain a lot. In the, in the Game of Thrones world, there is the, there are the, uh, the wargs, which are the, the Starks. They have the ability to... That's how like Bran was able to control his wolf, right? He could he could warg into his wolf and control the wolf. 
Um, there was the guy, um, Six Skins. He was the Wilding. He controlled the, the, the Falcon. Yeah. Um, very similar. In the in the books, Jon Snow does it with Ghost. Arya does it with Nymeria. Um, it was it was highly speculated. Rob Stark wasn't a point-of-view character in the books, but it was highly speculated that one of the reasons he was so efficient in battle was because he was able to warg into his wolf yeah. and initiate battle through the wolf. Um, so Star, all the Starks have that in their blood. It's it's a it's a magical thing. They have magical blood. They're you know originated from the first men. But then there's also Green Seers, which have the ability to see visions of the future, and they're never clear-cut, perfect visions. They're always you know something that kind of represents what's happening. So uh, Jojen Reed, who was Mira Reed's brother, traveled north of the Wall with Bran. Um, he was a Green Seer, and he had he unlocked those abilities before Bran did. And he told Bran in the books that he saw a vision of the walls of Winterfell being flooded by water, you know, in the middle of the night. And mm-hmm. then two days later, Theon Greyjoy and his men climbed over the walls, and the Ironborn, who pr- primarily live on water, mm-hmm. came over the walls and took over Winterfell. So it wasn't a clear-cut vision of what happened, but it was a very... It was a wave. Um, it was a wave yeah. from the water that came you know, over the walls of Winterfell and, and took it out. So it was it was... Similar, right? You can you can interpret that. Yeah. If you knew how to interpret it, so Bran has both of those abilities, mm-hmm. and I think the Night King does too. And I think that that's why the Night King waited to move south until he did, because he needed a dragon. And I think he waited even longer because he needed the dragon to be fully grown. And then he waited even longer when he had, you know, the the the, the Suicide Squad trapped on that island, because he knew eventually Daenerys is going to show up with her dragons, and I can get one, yeah. possibly yeah. three. It's an interesting take. I'm not. I don't complete. I don't disagree with it at all. I just I haven't thought about about that. I've never heard of that. Um, from anyone else. That's that's cool. I think uh, beyond the the speculation that that the the Night King could have could be warding the dragon. Do you think we'll see either one of the dragons from the other side being warded by um, Bran at some point during the series, the rest of the series? That is a highly speculated theory that it will happen. I don't think it will because the dragons are so linked to. Daenerys. Um, Daenerys and John right now. Are they really linked to John though, or yeah. are they just like? I, I got to be nice to them. Creepy, <laughs> creepily staring at them while they. Make I think I think Rhaegal sweet, sweet might be linked to John love. because he allowed him to ride him. Yeah. I don't think Drogon is, but Rhaegal is, which is very fitting because Rhaegal is. The dragon named after his father. Hmm. Very very interesting. Do you have anything else, uh, Matt, that you, you've taken from the, the episode? I just, we I, you know, I, I, I liked the last episode, even though it was pacing was slower. But again, it, 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 it <clears throat> covered a lot of the um, a lot of the, the points that the, the lines that have been going through the show. Um, I think it was good. I think it, it's nice. It's really, you know, these first two, it's, we haven't had any of what we were expecting, you know, with all, no, there's been no no battles no this no that and obviously we're gonna get one and it's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be gorgeous i'm sure it's, it's gonna be big it's gonna be big it's gonna it's be, be big. very interesting to see how those all those things uh come into play yeah you know? i mean this this week is the first feature of link yeah um episode that we're getting right it's yeah. gonna be yeah. the hour and a half to two hour mark right mm-hmm. yeah i think it's an hour so, and 22 minutes yeah. is the official runtime um yeah. and they filmed it over the course of 55 freezing nights Wow. So, 
yeah, I think this is probably going to be closer to the long night that we've all been waiting for. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, I don't necessarily think that the Night King will fall during this episode, but I think I think it'll be, it's getting very close. It's going to be this episode, maybe next episode, um, or could be the last episode. They could, you know, that could be sure. the, or the second to last episode. Yeah, so I guess over the next three episodes, we're, we're going to see the fall of the Night King. So you actually mentioned the director in the last podcast. Yeah. So the director of the episode three, which is coming yeah. up this weekend, uh, is the guy who directed um, Watchers on the Wall and Battle of the Bastards. Yeah. Which are, oh, nice. Which are yeah. the two biggest battles. That was the one I couldn't remember yeah. last week was the Watchers on the Wall. Watchers on the Wall is my favorite battle in the show. I think it's better than Battle of the Bastards. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's uh, they're phenomenal. both up there. Yeah. Um, he directs this episode, and then he directs episode five. So we have two big battles coming yeah. that we know just based on the director. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean that that leaves that leaves two big well, things like either 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 they've got a they're facing the Night King here, which we haven't seen in the previews, by the way. The, the Night King hasn't shown up in the previews, um, or the Night King has is going to um, uh, to um, the. The main city, King's Landing. King's Landing. He's yeah. going to King's Landing, and then um, they'll have to fight the Night King there um, under King's Landing. Uh, right. He'll take whatever debt there. He could possibly turn the mountain, since the mountain's already dead, right? So um, at that point, he could, you know, they they could have another force coming at them another way, or they could run into another force on their way to King's Landing if they they took the road from Winterfell to King's Landing after this battle. One of the things that I that I saw and then I went on and I read about and people are talking about this too is that they're rushing everybody into the crypts. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. the what's in the crypts, right? A bunch of dead people. So, yeah. and it's all Starks. And uh, I mean, I don't know the rules and it, what what it takes for, uh, for you know to, to turn, to to turn. Yeah, to be able so to turn and you know and and what degree of decay do they are they in or whatever to do that but i mean it seems weird that uh they would be putting him in a place that has the potential yeah to to go south yeah i've heard this a lot too um and specifically there's there's a line in the preview that says um danny looks at john and, and she says the dead are already here and they think that that's talking about the crypts um what what are your thoughts as- um so one thing is the Night's Watch burned their dead because they knew that they could be raised, they could be risen by White Walkers if they mm-hmm. died north of the wall. Is there is there is there a shelf life though? Right. So, yeah. so that's, that's is, is there that's the yeah, is there a recipe for this? That's the concern. And Dolores Ed even said it um, when him, Sam, and John were all on top of the wall when they were like they were basically talking about like you know it's just the three of us left. Grant and Pip are gone, and then Ed said the last of us standing burned the rest. Right. So. I think they're they're operating off of if you're just a bag of bones, you cannot be risen. Okay. If you are risen and then your body decays to the point of a bag of bones, it's different. Yeah. But I think if you're just a bag of bones, which everybody in the crypt at this point is just a bag just of bones. Just a bag of bones, yeah. Like they're they've they've been dead so long. Ned Stark was returned to the to the, the crypts as a bag of bones. Um at at this point I think I don't think anybody down there can actually be risen. Yeah. Um and then that said if they are, they're all Starks. I feel like they probably can fight against that magic, similar to the way like Benjamin Stark did when he was north of the wall. Yeah, when he was he was 
in the process of being risen, and then, the, you know, the children of the forest came and did their voodoo magic on him, and he was something else. He was still undead, but he was something else. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm under the same assumption as you, um, that, that it's, it'd be, a, it, it wouldn't be difficult, it would, it would, it would pay poorly to the fans if they, if they did something like that, I think it would, it, it would be much better if they're, they've got all the, the, the side, or they've got all the, the armies lined up on one side of the, uh, the castle, if, uh, or the holding of Winter, or Winterfell, if they had around, uh, if they had, you know, some something where the the whites or a white walker and his whites flank to the other side of the castle and then, you know, approached it from that end instead of, you know, raising people that were already there or if um, people die within the battle and then are risen um, right. through that. Yeah. Versus, you know, the Crips. Um, want to take want to take bets on the other way, Matt? Uh, sure. I'll take the bet. Okay. I'm a gambler. You know, I'm a, a gambler. One chance. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I mean, I, I think that uh, it's it's definitely gonna be interesting the rest of the way through, and um, there's nothing to tell us what's gonna happen one way or the other, right? So it's it's all anybody's guessing game at this point. We're well, we're speculating. The w- Seth's speculating with a little bit more education than us. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Still the, all 100% speculation. Oh, <laughs> completely. But the one thing you said, too, with the mountain, you know, they've always wanted to see a showdown between him and... Uh, him and the hound. And him the and the hound. hound. Yeah. Clicking bull. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, that's something that I haven't heard um, at all this past week about you know or or since we've been talking about that whether the hound would be immune as far as i mean he's already dead so uh, I'm, I'm very curious as to how they handle that but so i mean we did this last week um seth and and you've you've obviously listened to the podcast last week so i want to ask you the same question odds you know if you're at vegas right now and you had all of your money to place onto um one person taking the um the throne at the end of the series and then how they take the throne or what happens when, when they take the throne, what would you put all your money down on? Like red, black, you know, 27 is nobody taking the throne and then dissolving the one kingdom, but going to the seven kingdoms an option. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I I took the same thing, but with Jon Snow, Initially taking mm-hmm. the throne, and then taking and that step, dissolving it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like at the end of the end of the show, there's not going to be a king or a queen on the Iron Throne. There's going to be the Ironborn running the Iron Islands. There's going to be Sansa running the North. There's going to be Edmure Tolly running the Riverlands. There's going to be uh, Robin Aaron running the Vale, and then um, I don't even know who's left in Dorne. All those people are dead. Um, but like Dorne's going to be separate, and then you know the South and King's Landing, like they're going to have their own. Mm-hmm. Entity yeah. and everyone's going to be their own. Danny John doing King's Landing. Type. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think they'll both live. Yeah, uh, okay. I don't think so either. I'm, I'm on the fence. I could go either way on that. I think, uh, I think, I don't know. I I'm think, torn. I, I think, think, I think Danny, Jon Snow might two. die in order to save her. Yeah, out of the two, I, I pick Danny to live. Out of uh, between the, the two of them, but and that's that's partially because of the song that was sang in the last episode. Yeah, by Pop. song. Yeah, yeah, which talked about is different than what it was in the books. Uh, they've they've and and the the way that they've added 
to the song um, from the books. The the books was just a verse. It was, it was like song. two lines. Two lines, yeah. In the in the books, I don't remember exactly, but the the first two lines basically were in the books, and then everything else they had to add. But they already know how the story ends. Yeah, right. So they can add specific words and specific verses based on how that story ends. So, um, you know, the story is a woman who's you know dancing with the ghost of her loved ones in the hall all by herself, and the loved ones happen to be a Targaryen who gave up his throne in order to be with her. So it very, it sits very in line with like Jon Snow who doesn't want to be king anyways, giving up his life in order to save her. No, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, I think, I think that could be a misdirect though. Uh, it, it's time. definitely possible, yeah. and and I wouldn't put it past them. Wouldn't put it past them. No. So speaking of uh, Tyrion. And what he's doing. Um, what are what are your thoughts on um, what could be going on with with uh, Cersei? Um, so Cersei's gonna die, which is yeah. it's funny because because everybody that gets into Game of Thrones, their their one big thing by the time they get to this point in the show is she needs to die. die. Yeah, like, <laughs> they they cannot wait for her to die. I have very vulgar text messages from people talking about how they cannot wait for Cersei to die. Um, it's 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 all highly entertaining and I completely agree with him but uh, one big thing is in the, the major difference between the books and the show is I don't remember if it was season 3 or season 4 but one of the seasons started with a flashback scene mm. it was like season 1 or this episode 1 of that season had a flashback scene of Cersei when she was a young child with her you know girlfriends found this old witch in a village found this old witch in the woods named Maggie the Frog and Maggie would grant you three questions and she would answer them she could see the future and Cersei said, am I going to marry the, the prince that I'm betrothed to? Maggie said, nope, you're going to marry the king. Right, which happened. She was betrothed to Rhaegar, ended up marrying Robert after he was king. Yeah. And then she's, she asked, uh, okay, are we going to have children? She said, no, he's going to have 20, you're going to have three. Uh, golden of hair, golden of shroud, right? So yeah. they're, so they're all going to have gold hair, somewhere, and, then... and they're all going to die, and you're going to see them all die, yeah. and that happened. And then the third one, which actually got cut out from the show, is uh, she asked how she was going to die. And Maggie the Frog said, you're going to die with the Valonqar's hands around your throat. Yeah. Valonqar in High Valyrian is younger brother. Yeah. So Tyrion is the youngest of the three. Yeah. How old's Jamie though? Jamie's Jamie is one her. minute younger than Cersei. Yeah. So Cersei this entire time has been treating Tyrion like he's going to be the one to kill her. Yeah. And... I think it's either going to yeah, be Jamie, Jamie, or mm-hmm. it's going to be Arya wearing Jamie's face. Ooh, that's Ooh, good. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I haven't thought of that one. Yeah, yeah. Forget and that's that. that's kind of the one I'm hoping for. Yeah, I'm hoping me too. Jamie no. actually dies this upcoming episode in the big battle. He dies like saving Brienne or saving Bran or something honorable and just to redeem to him fully redeem him from the guy in yeah. episode one who shoved a yeah. kid out of a tower window to <laughs> this guy who just sacrificed himself to save somebody else who's good well that's the thing right like the the whole within the whole series of game of thrones thus far like as soon as somebody has a redeeming moment then they die right and so yeah. and we just had six within this episode we had we had um uh reek that redeemed himself by um going after bran or or, or protecting Bran we had um we had Jamie who redeemed himself by um knighting uh Brienne Brienne um we had Brienne who who was uh knighted herself 
Um, we had um, uh, Tyrion, who was um, uh, who who kind of came to this realization that uh, he may not be the greatest mind uh, at the moment, at least within uh, Game of Thrones. So I mean, there's there's a lot of names to pick from there that that could possibly get the axe. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of names. I think there's there, there's going to be a few that die in this upcoming episode. I don't think it's going to be everybody. I think there's going to be a few because you can't have a battle this epic of, this, of this much importance without having some casualties. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're not scared about making casualties in Thrones. I think I think Beric Dondarrion's going to go, and that makes me very very sad because I love his voice. Yeah. He's got such a fantastic voice that every time he speaks, I'm like. Yeah. I would run into battle for this man. I would run into battle for this man. But my, my hope is that Jamie goes down doing something good and then Arya takes his face and uses it to get close to Cersei. And then her and the hound go down there and she kills Cersei and the hound gets into Clegane Bowl against the mountain. That's my that's my nerd dream hope right there. <laughs> that's, that's cool. I've never thought about it that way before. Yeah, that's there, though. It's true. I told you you're going to learn things on this episode. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. Matt and I are definitely learning things as well. Um, So speaking of learning things, let's talk about, let's dive into Easter eggs with the the Avengers Endgame that was released this past week. And, you know, there's there's definitely a lot, like, talk about, like, fan service on things. Avengers Endgame delivers that and then some. In spades. In spades. Absolute <laughs> yeah. spades. Yeah. They reference not only like not only referencing with lines, but they obviously go through and if you haven't listened if you haven't watched the movie yet, I don't know why you're still here. But um, you know, complete spoiler warning at this point, um, for everything Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Anything after this. Yeah, anything yeah. after if, this. Turn off the podcast you know, if you last, haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, this is your warning and last your only warning. warning. Yeah. Last warning, we're, we're definitely go diving deep and hard into um, Endgame spoilers, so make sure to, to pause this podcast, go watch the Endgame, come back, and then we'll hear what we have to say. Um, so Endgame, yeah, they're they're doing they're doing a lot of fan service to I think I think definitely um, it's cool to see. Um, I don't think that it necessarily need to be done. It's nice to see that the Russos are doing it. It, they, it definitely works well into the, the storyline. They've definitely taken a, uh, a cut of the storyline with the Infinity Gauntlet that they grab the, the Infinity Stones from other universes. And they're building upon this idea of um, multiverse to possibly lead into um, Secret Wars, right? And so we'll dive into all of that. And... First of all, let's let's talk about fan service things. So they've they've done a lot of fan service with lines, right? They they had the they had the line or they had Captain America going into the uh, the elevator with pretty much the same exact guys they went to with yeah. uh, Winter Soldier. And I was sitting there like there was a kid next to me while I was watching it, like probably like I don't know, fourteen years old. I'm sitting there on like the edge of my seat, and like he walks into there, and I see them reaching for the gun. I'm like I'm like please say. Does anybody want to get out before we start? <laughs> like that that line, and like he goes with something else. I'm like, well, you know, like if, but I I get why they did it, but still, like it's it's just like, like those those types of things that they put in there, where like the people that are actually following it, and that that follow as closely as we do, here, um, get those things. So yeah, 
even even in that same scene, him turning to uh, what's his name? Um, yeah. The the, the undersecretary's yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, assistant or whatever, saying "Hail Hydra," right? Like yeah, that, comic book wise. Like yeah. comic book wise, like. At some point in the comics, Captain America was a yes, Hydra, Hydra agent. agent so yeah. this this kind of even plays into that, even though we know what's really going on. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, like even in that same scene, throwing in like fan service that's yeah. slightly off. Yeah, yeah. That's so, great. That's I mean, good though. I think that I think that they did a good job with the movie. I mean, it's they they threw in, they threw that in there enough to to sprinkle it in, right? But they didn't throw it in there enough to where it was obnoxious or or they at least didn't make it seem like it was obnoxious. Like it was there, it was it was obvious that it was there, and it was there a lot, but you know it wasn't it wasn't overdone in a way. I think that they they teetered like right along. They they got up to the line in the sand, and then they they stopped there, as far as as far as that goes. Well, what were your? I know Matt, we we talked about this a little bit uh, as far as um, Endgame goes. You you had some issues with it. Um, what what were your issues with with Endgame? Well. <clears throat> And these are minor. I think it was a very well done movie. Really well constructed. Stayed true. I think it wrapped it up beautifully. It was a really good movie. These are just my own little nitpicky things that I, as a fan, wanted to see something different. Um, I, as much as, and I understand, I know that, you know, Professor Hulk exists. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in the past two movies, where's my Hulk been? And that bothers me because I like, I like the Hulk raging and beating the crap out of stuff too you know and i understand and they're paying you know tribute to there's obviously obviously lots of different hulks you know and and banner interrelates with those and different things like that and and that's great but you know i i really wanted to have i wanted to have a thanos hulk you know showdown piece you know not not that not that hulk would be the end of it but you know, I mean, Hulk deserves to be able to put a little damage, you know. And then, like in the in the in the movie before it, it was like he, you know, we saw it in the trailer, didn't make the movie, you know. It, it's like he's shielded in the in the Hulkbuster suit, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like I, I I didn't like that. And then it's just, you know, and then it's just I find it humorous. You got the Hulk, right? His his fingers are the size of a two by four, yeah. and he's over there working on a laptop. Flicking switches for the time Italian machine. sausages. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, he would have to literally have a computer the size of a eight by four foot table uh, to be I mean, able it's to. Funny. Like, I mean, Seth and I are in the the IT career field, and like we've definitely seen those guys. I mean, Gabe comes to mind for me whenever you think about guys that have big, big meaty fingers. Guys. Yeah, yeah. Fingers. Let's sit there, and he's he's very broad shouldered, and he's just yeah. over there in a laptop, just typing away. Yeah, you know. Um, so that that kind of and it's not that I didn't appreciate that piece. We could have still had that piece, but you know, um, I would have. I really wanted to see that. I really thought that was going to be a part of this, and it just it wasn't there. The um, the other thing that uh, there's a lot of comedic pieces in it, and again, we always talked about how well Marvel does that comedic piece, and they did it well in this movie for sure. You can see it throughout. Um, I think sometimes maybe a little too much this time around for me but again i understand why that they they did it that way um you know the the thor part uh was funny you know yeah. you look like the big lebowski so so I, we're um, talking previously like i i'd seen um spoilers for the movie and one of the spoilers i saw was was um big thor was thick thor with yeah. two c's right and so, um, <laughs> thick Thor. Thick like Thor. I'm, I'm gonna so, start using that. Yeah. So I've I've been 
Like, I've been going around, like, I've got the body of Thor, just which Thor, you know? Yeah. But, um, the, uh, I, I, I thought it was, I, it, it caught me, like, I thought they were going to do it, and then I thought it was going to be a bit, and they were going to go back to thing, the way that things were. I didn't expect them to do it, like, through the, like, right. ride it out yeah. through the entire movie. Yeah, I didn't expect that at all. I really yeah. thought it was, you know, I mean, if they took a five-minute Rocky movie there yeah. and made him, you know, go yeah. with some trees or go whatever do, and then come know. back. I just thought he was going to, like, lightning zap himself. Yeah, exactly. That's where I was going. Bam! Yeah, to where, like, he's got, he's got this immense power and, like, he was just going to raise, like, yeah. um, not Mjolnir, but the... the um, Stormbreaker. Uh, Stormbreaker, yeah. and he was going to raise Stormbreaker up, and, and then well, Lightning was going to come down. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, he's got a six-pack again. Yeah, he was going to yeah. have a six-pack again. Well, instead, but... he got a braided beard. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> still dope, though. That was cool. Was that was cool. cool. That was cool. I can deal with that. Yeah. So, but so, so I mean, they're definitely dragging from the comics from that with yeah. uh, Old Man Thor yeah. and what, what he's they done are. with that. So, and they, they kind of went, they were kind of going towards that line. So somebody has like an avid comic follower, at least. I, I I was able to understand where they were going. It, it didn't bother me as it didn't ruin the movie for me. Oh, and, and trust me, ru- movie not ruined. At oh all. yeah, not at all. It's just that you know, um, I, I just that the the Hulk, Professor Hulk, the thick Thor. Um, I liked it, but I wish we could have still had that in there. But then taken those to the direction that I was anticipating and wanting to see them in, and that just you know didn't happen. But yeah, yeah. Um, the other the other uh, spoiler that I had was the um, or that scene at least before the movie was that the uh, that um, Mjolnir was being molded by Captain America. So I mean, that's right. obviously again goes the the fan service thing um, in both two different respects. Uh, this is something that happened in the comics, um, and they finally paid it off within the movies, but also. During Age of Ultron, they've got the whole thing to where everybody's able to pick it up. Mm-hmm. Captain America's almost able to he, pick it up. He nudges it. Nudges yeah. it a little bit. Yeah. You got to... Yeah. Come on. What do you think Cap was doing there? Yeah. Yeah. I he, mean, just, he was letting Thor keep his thunder. Yeah. Is what he was doing. He could have picked it up. Well... Uh, if you I can like, nudge it, you're worthy. I think, I think I at love the time, it. he really... He, like the, he was the, quasi-worthy? The, the hammer didn't quite think he was 100% worthy. <laughs> um, but he was worthy yeah. enough to like make Thor think twice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah about about yeah. running this challenge again. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the the best thing I've seen um, since then has been the line that uh, find somebody that looks um, at you like Thor looks at Captain America, like that that lot or that that look that he gets, like I knew it. I knew it. The the. The, the look that he gives Captain America is just priceless yeah. on that. Oh, so, the, great, the great line, too. It's like, oh, you take the little one. Yeah, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's, let's, uh, let's actually break it down a little bit and, and take it, you know, act by act, at least. So, you know, they start out, they're, start, um, they're, they're still in dismay after the Thanos uh, um, event goes on. Yeah. The snapping. The snapping. Yeah, um, that's, that's what I call it. I refuse to call it. Yeah, the what's, the, what's the, yeah, <laughs> the decimation is the, the decimation isn't enough people. It's yeah. only 10%. Yeah, so the um, they take that they go in with uh, um, everybody go go take the the glove away from or the the gauntlet away from Thanos only to find out that it's not actually filled filled with the stones anymore and that he's destroyed all the stones um, and this is the last that we see of Captain Marvel for a little while which I actually thought was very uh, nicely done by. 
the Russo brothers not to include her as much as they did in the movie. One problem, think, again, this is just fan business. What was the deal with the haircut, though? It was... Uh, I mean, she did... That, that was a horrible haircut. It was... It's referencing back to... I understand, to, but yeah. it's still a horrible haircut. Yeah, it's just reference back to the... I mean, I, I, it completely is. I get it. Yeah. But I would think that they could have kept her the way that she was in the last movie and it would have been just fine. I don't know. I kind of dug the haircut. I thought you it did? cool. Yeah. No, nah, I wasn't a fan. <coughs> it's pretty... For me, it was reminiscent of, like, Hawkeye's Ronin. Yeah. Rohawk. Yeah. Where the Clippers went wild. Yeah. Um... So I mean, they they did that. They they took the they um, have been defeated at this point um, after defeating Thanos, and they they they're definitely feeling some form of defeat. So they're definitely feeling the defeat of um, everything, given that Thanos has been killed. That uh, they have, um, you know, they they've lost all hope as far as things go with the the. Um, Infinity or the the Infinity Stones being gone, and they're um, brought back to a point, a very low point within the the um, the series of films to uh, um, to all being separated. The the Avengers disassembled, right? So where where they're back to um, after this this rejoining point. Um, some time passes, five years go by, right? And then they go through and um, Ant-Man appears through the happenstance that a rat clicks on a button, <laughs> a random button on the, uh, the console of the van that, he was, uh, that the, uh, the quantum machine was put into. And he uh, goes and meets the Avengers. The Avengers go through and... Um, He's able to explain in a manner of Back to the Future and Hot Tub Time Machine that they go. Great lines, <laughs> man. That was classic. That was good stuff. Time the, Cop. Time, time cop. cop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Terminator. Terminator. <laughs> um, but then you go back in, the, uh, back in time to be able to fix things. So Tony uh, explains the rules of the MCU that they're not able to do that, and they bring in String Theory, which really lends itself well to a or multiverse um, concept to say that, you know, even if you go back in time and, and redo this one thing, that doesn't necessarily change the, the events of today, and that splits, um, you know, into a, to a new string, and uh, to a new universe um, of things that may or may not happen. So, uh, definitely setting things up there. Um then they move on. They they do that. They go and do their three missions. They, you know, three or three of them go back to um, 2012 to the Battle of New York. It's where they realize that three um, Infinity Stones are going to be in New York at the same time. Same time, yeah. And then uh, Rocket and Thor go back to Asgard to pick up um, the Reality Stone. And then uh, the other two go or. Uh, um, uh, Black Widow and uh, Hawkeye Ronan go to um, uh, the go Bomber, find the Bomber. souls. Yeah. yeah, Nebula go. and uh, Nebula and War Machine go to Morag. Morag, that's right. Yeah, yeah. back in 2014. Yeah. So um, they're able to go to um, three different essentially times, um, close locations, and pick up all six stones. Um, things play out. With that, uh, 
obviously um, Black Widow uh, dies uh, as, as tribute to the Soul Stone. And the Soul Stone's picked out. Um, it's explained to us at this point that the Soul Stone, um, whatever point is made with the Soul Stone, um, whatever sacrifice made with the Soul Stone cannot be undone. Um, so that, that speaks well to uh, not only what what's going to happen in the future with Black Widow, but also what um, happened with... Um, Kimura. Kimura. Yeah. Thank you. Names are terrible for me today. <laughs> so the, uh, we go through that. Uh, everybody comes back. Uh, Thanos has intercepted Nebula at this point. Um, Nebula um, is replaced by 2014 Nebula. And she's come through to infiltrate. Um, they put together the Infinity Gauntlet. The Infinity Gauntlet um, is worn by uh, the Hulk. The Hulk snaps his fingers, brings everybody back to life. And then the next hour of the, uh, the, um, the movie is the um, team fighting against Thanos and, and then Infinity Gauntlet. So first act... Um, what are the thoughts around the room as far as, um, the first act goes up until the point where Ant-Man, um, up until the point where they, they start the missions, right? So, so everything leading up until that point, um, definitely slow on my part, um, needs to happen, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was slow, but I don't think it was unnecessarily slow. Yeah. It was... We have to establish that Ant-Man comes back. We have to establish that Clint is on the run and is out murdering people mm-hmm. while um, Black Widow and War Machine are looking for him. Yeah. Um, Black Widow's still working with Captain Marvel and Rocket and Nebula and like all those. Like they've established a team. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have to establish like how does Skyline come back? Like, and then when he comes back, he doesn't realize it's been five years. He's going to go do, like, his thing. He's going to try to find his people, his daughter. He's going to realize what happens, travel across the country. Um, so, I mean, kind of like all those things, like, they're a little bit slow, but they yeah. needed to happen. Yeah. Um, similarly, I thought the way Tony Stark figured out time travel was extremely fast. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that seemed a little rushed. I'm like, cool, yeah. you ran, like, two simulations and you figured this out. Yeah. Yeah, I think You got to think more... he was working on it. He's been working on it. Uh, I think like it, it was. It but was, you're right. It's quick. It's quick. Yeah, I think that they 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 did a couple things with that particular portion, a storyline that really intrigued me. So they get the point to where like he's he's sitting there and he's they they've came to talk to him right and they they explained what's going on and that's where they go over the whole hot tub time machine and things like that right, or or that's afterwards. But anyways, they um they come explain to tell him how things are what their ideas as far as time travel goes. And then after that, they go and um, uh, he, he goes and he's, he's sitting there and he's washing dishes and he's staring off. And you can kind of see the, 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 the itch that's there that's not being scratched at this point. And I, I know that um, I've definitely had those points where, you know, something, something that, that isn't necessarily um, pressing has, has been there and has, has itched that um that place that that i've got to go back and like i've, I've got to figure this thing out right yeah so it's it's very intriguing how they did that and um that's definitely very relatable on that portion of it but yeah other than that i think that that was probably pretty rushed i thought 
the same time, like some of the, some of the gags when we tried to send Scott back in time originally, um, didn't really need to be done the way that it was done. That was that was like a mm-hmm. you know five minute time. Yeah. In the movie, that I mean, it's five minutes was not crazy, but yeah. Where they sent him back and he came back as like teenager and then yeah, old, a baby, and, a baby yeah. and then like himself and he was like, yeah. I peed myself. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Somebody peed my pants. I don't know if it was baby me or old me. <laughs> old me. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, stuff like that. Um, even the line where they're talking about, uh, like, where he drops the pin particles. Yeah. And they're trying to figure out, like, who goes on the mission. And it turns out that, you know, Ronin goes. Right? I like the idea of, like, sending Ronin on a test mission. Yeah. Um, and that was the scene where you had the hot tub top machine and the top yeah. cop. And yeah. So all that. So it was it was entertaining, but it wasn't necessary. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, I don't I don't actually think it takes away from the movie. No. No. Like, no. Like, uh, I, think it, I don't think so. It, it, de- it definitely doesn't degrade the movie in, in any way, shape, or form. It's just something that it, it wasn't 100% necessary. So that's one interesting, like, like it clocked in at three hours and six minutes. A little bit more time with previews. But um, what... And that was two end credit. That was two... That was, that was to the end of the credits. Yeah, until yeah, the end yeah. of the credits for those So if you got up and left because like, there was no end credit scene, yeah. it was a little well, under... Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, it was, it was reported that there was no incorrect scene for the um, the uh, initial screening on on Monday night, right? Tuesday night, Monday night, Thursday. Uh, no, no. Oh, you're sure. talking yeah, the original. Yeah, I'm sorry. Original, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, opening. So there, you know, for those of us who stayed through the and all the incredit or all the credits to make sure that they hadn't released an incorrect scene with the original to prevent or prevent leaks on that um yeah it was a little bit longer but knowing you know what i know now it, it would have been probably you know three just shy of three hours yeah so but did it feel like that long of a movie no, no. no it, went, it went by very quickly yeah it went real yeah. quick yeah even that first hour went by very quickly yeah because it was it was a lot of stuff that you needed to see happen and you wanted to see happen and there's um, so many characters too. I mean, there's yeah. just so there was so much. I mean, I didn't realize. I mean, Ant Man had a ton of screen time, really. Yeah, and this, yeah, and this one, yeah, was, you know, it was definitely like a pinnacle point yeah. of the storyline, which I really couldn't. I didn't see that coming. I liked uh, Nebula's screen time. Yeah, yeah, she got a lot too. Uh, a character who who wasn't widely focused on in the last one mm-hmm. at all was a pivotal part in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's definitely, you know, speaks to the comics and the way that they ended things in the comics and um, brings up the, the point of a lot of us who, who read the comics or those that, of us that read the comics and, or at least know what, ha- what happens in the comics on how they're going to end things for this movie. And they, they definitely take a, a couple of left turns on us. Um, how, do you, how do you feel about the, the ending of the movie to kind of skip that second act um and and go on to the ending there's a couple things i want to talk about in between but um as far as the the conclusion of endgame what what are your thoughts on on endgame um on that that conclusion those people that were the story ended for um how it ended um how thanos was taken down um things like that i think that um I think that I think they did a good job with it. I, I like the way that they handled. Um, they brought Tony full circle, especially that piece where he runs into his dad, and he needed that. That needed to happen for Tony, I think. Um, and 
you know, I, I will say the, the, the toughest parts with, the, with, with Tony is the Spider-Man relationship that he has. Those were, those were emotional. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they really did that, that, that pretty well. So, and I think they did a full circle, too, with um, the way they handled Cap, too, as yeah. well, which, you know, I, I, was, I was glad that he was able to, to get that, that piece that, that he needed um, to complete him, too, you know. Um, and then, obviously, that cutscene uh, of the funeral yeah. on the hill, I mean, yeah, I had to go through that a couple times just to make sure I got everybody. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that was, uh, I think that was a nice... That was a nice conclusion. It was good. I mean, I think that, that you're talking about the two, you know, pillars of the the whole thing, you know, yeah. Iron Man and Cap, and they get that whole encompassing story. And I think that they did a good job, especially um, with Tony. I mean, there's a, I mean, it's all about Tony for a, a good portion of it. But no, I thought it was good. Um, I think it was. I think it was expected. Yeah. So I mean, going into Going into this movie, everybody expected either Iron Man or Captain mm-hmm. America to die, potentially both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and by having Iron Man, you know, take on that that ultimate sacrifice at the at the behest of Doctor Strange, who was like, "This is the one. Mm-hmm. This is the one." Like Thanos had the glove, mm-hmm. and Doctor Strange is like, "This is it. You have yeah. to do. You have to do. You have to do." Yep. And so it goes full circle, even back to Endgame, when yeah. Doctor Strange was like, "We need Tony Stark alive." Mm-hmm. Because he is the one who does the snap. That's correct. At the end. You're right. absolutely right. That, that, so like, yeah. I'm going to give you the time stone now because we 100% need him. If we have any chance that these one in 14,605, yeah, you know, possibilities happens. Sure. Like he needs to be alive. So yeah. Like so, I think everybody knew that like Tony Stark was going to have a major role in how things finalized in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think a lot of people expected him to die. Yeah. Um, or at least like hang up the suit but he's tried to hang up the suit before he tried at the end of Iron Man 3 and he couldn't right so the only way for him to officially hang it up was he had to die and then with Cap I think he was another one that was widely expected to die based on you know some of the lines that he had in Infinity War Mm -hmm. when he was like Vision we don't trade lives yeah Um, but at the same time like he put himself into the ice 45 years ago like he traded his life for he he dove on the grenade thousands of others yeah he jumped Mm -hmm. on the grenade at, at basic training Yep. Um, like he's done this forever. So for mm-hmm. him to finally be like, I've done enough. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go live that life that Tony Stark told me to go live in Age of Ultron. That yeah. Uh, yeah. You know that Natasha Romanoff told me to go live in uh, the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I'm gonna. I'm gonna go live that life. The only concern that I have is, uh, did he make out with his granddaughter? His niece. His oh, during yeah. Yeah, he did. Talking it about like if, if the lines if if the timelines merge yeah so that's this one big problem out with his granddaughter in Civil War <laughs> yeah so the not necessarily yeah all right yeah yeah that's all right yeah, yeah not necessarily yeah. down the exact same line but I did have no problems I with... think that's right are we going into like dangerous <laughs> yeah, yeah. territory here yeah. you're right with the line yeah yeah I mean I, I had I had issues with <laughs> so they they set up time travel and the rules thereof within the strict guideline that that whatever you do within the past um doesn't affect the present or the future right right that's how they the they it splits off into a new string of reality however so you can't out you can't alter your past by going back in time and changing events it, but it even a separate even, timeline your past still happened but now there's a new new trend yeah 
yeah. so, very much like Mandela effect type of thing, yeah. right? So, um, which all operates off of string theory too, which would be a completely different story, right? Yeah. Uh, we can definitely go over Mandela effect episode yeah. if we want to at I've, some I've point. I've definitely seen a movie that has a yeah comedian in it that he says so, he's never done. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but the 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 point is that that even by their own rules, if if uh, Steve Rogers had went back in time uh, during any point, and he shouldn't be available at present, so they're breaking their own rules by having him show up unless he saved enough pen particles to be able to come back at that point within the few like if he mm. gone donned the the uh the wrist one more time yeah. after peggy died and then he came back um into to the same universe i don't know unless he disappeared into obscurity at the moment that he woke up yeah, well, so, so but he even lives then, his normal they'll, life, they'll change and then, the timeline. And, and then he says, hey, I woke up on this day in 2012 yeah. or 2011 or whatever it was. Like, cool, I'm just going to disappear now. And, like, him and Peggy had already talked about that. Yeah. Because yeah. he was like, look, like, I'm going to come back in 2012. You need to be here because that's where you were. Yeah. So I'm going to disappear and you go do your thing. By that point, like, wouldn't, he, wouldn't she say, like, hey, don't make out with your granddaughter? Yeah. <laughs> Here's a suggestion for yeah. you, Cap. I would hope that she would, like, hint at something, but, like, maybe he didn't say anything. Maybe he forgot that he made out with his granddaughter. Yeah, maybe that's one of those things. With, really. with old Sharon Carter. <laughs> I want to share everything with you, but... Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not going to tell you about that one time. This one, this one's <laughs> in the back pocket here. That one time so, with, your, with your granddaughter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know... I, I find it I, I, it's just one of those loopholes that I've got I've definitely come out of this this movie with more questions that that I came into the movie with so or at least it feels like maybe as many questions as I came into the movie with I think that's by design yeah oh sure I think so where where are we gonna go in phase four yep yeah and there will be a phase four yeah absolutely I mean I think it'll I think it'll probably take a little while for them to come yeah. out with the Miller Avengers movie. Definitely seems like they've they've definitely set the tone for things like a force um, with all the female led uh, MCU characters kind yeah, of teaming up together. That was a together. postcard right there, wasn't it? That was exactly a postcard. And by the way, um, when they when they go through that entire fight sequence, that is more iconic of um, comic book fights like those larger pieces mm-hmm. of comic book fight scenes with the uh with century and the void um you know those those big avengers house of m yeah stuff like that to where where they go through and they've got you know 60 people on on the panel at one time mm-hmm. and they were definitely able to showcase that and then you know highlight those those um points of the scene and make it able to flow in a way that doesn't comic book that we've never seen in a in a cinema before, and I, I think that's probably if I were if I was to take out one thing from this movie, that would be it. You know, it's 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 that that scene alone, or that the last hour of the movie, is is taking comic book style um, storytelling and putting it directly onto the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, and it worked. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and it worked. And that, that is a huge challenge. That's not an easy lift no. by any stretch of the imagination and to be able to do that. Yeah, it was good. No questions and it, on that. And it, it kind of got leaked last year. Um, 
I don't remember who was doing an interview. It was either Gwyneth Paltrow or Scarlett Johansson or somebody was talking, or maybe like Evangeline Lilly were talking about how they had literally everybody on set at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was and, both. And they were talking about like talking about, yeah. in the in the in the stance of Infinity War, but then it didn't happen in Infinity War, so people were like, "So does this happen in Avengers yeah. Four? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it happened, and yeah, it, it was, was just like so exciting to see. Yeah. It was presumed that it was going to be on like a wedding scene or something like that, to where right. they were teasing. But the, I mean, I, or a funeral. That was that yeah, was or, or a big funeral, one. and those those the the two things, and they definitely they definitely held to that with a funeral idea, to where like the people that didn't show up within the the fight scene showed up within the funeral. Um, definitely interesting on uh, how how all that happened. I mean, it's. You know, I, I don't where it's going from here on out. I mean, they're definitely they definitely seem to be pointing towards uh, a Secret Wars um, type of storyline, to where they're they're gonna bring some of these universes together. Mm-hmm. Have uh, maybe Cap, um, Iron Man, to where they they survive these things, come back, and and you know they just keep um, RDJ and Chris Evans on call for. The next ten years and sign them for one special deal. Yeah, we'll come back for like one of these type of events. Maybe. Yeah. Well, you know what I, I'm questioning where the volume three is going with Guardians now because Thor's obviously cruising with these guys now since yeah. he left the kingdom to Valkyrie, right? So yeah. is it? I don't. I haven't heard anything. Well, we know. That. We know that Adam Warlock's going to be a part of it. So. Um, be Adam Warlock another I think that'll probably be a beeline to where they'll run into Adam Warlock at some point but they're going to be searching for um Gamora Gamora, Gamora. thank you yeah. yeah well they set that up pretty clearly I with think, the screen searching I think without any any more knowledge than we have based on the the fact that like James Gunn wrote the movie and he's back for it when they start filming it and what yeah. we're seeing in Endgame um they're gonna go out. And they're gonna to try to find either 2014 Gamora, if she didn't get snapped away, mm-hmm. or 2018 Gamora and getting her out of the Soul Stone. Well, that so that's a that's that brings us to kind of another question because the Soul Stone, the the way this explained to the the Avengers, and I I went up to go use the restroom at this point during the movie. How so, dare you? That's a terrible yeah. time to use the restroom. <laughs> yeah. So whenever, whenever, um, Black Widow and uh, Hawkeye are there, and they're talking to the Red Skull. Supposedly, the Red Skull explains how the Soul Stone works, and that that there's no there's no take backsies on that, right? Yeah. So yeah. No do overs. No do overs. So you know, once that once that uh, soul is claimed for the Soul Stone, then it's 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 final. So you know. I don't think that the uh, my perception is that that Gamora's the 2018 Gamora that we knew is gone, uh, and then also you know this um, this uh, Black Widow is gone, so mm-hmm. the 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 Guardians three movie, um, I think that they'll be searching for the 2014 movie yeah. or 2014 Gamora, and then the Black Widow movie is probably going to be a prequel. Of sorts. Well, that, yeah, they're definitely doing that. Yeah, it would have to be. But why? If, if Gamora, if, if no, I'm talking about Black Widow. Yeah, no, I'm saying. But if if 
2018 Gamora yeah. were yeah. to okay. be alive still, why would why would the same rules not apply for Black Widow? So. Hmm. One other thing I want to talk about, too, from the movie, too, is uh, when uh, Tony got the stones from Thanos. Yeah. Uh, well, how did that happen? I mean... It was, I, mean, I, mean, I what, think it was just sleight of hand, like, type of thing. It well, wasn't... It, Sleight of hand, it was attached to the dude. No, he didn't no, get the, he he, didn't get the he gauntlet did, he off. He just took the stones yeah. out of the right. gauntlet. Well, how he did, took the gauntlet. So we're just assuming Tony stones. had some type of uh, little system in it or something, or what? Well, I mean, I think that was just as easily to take the stones out as they were. Yeah. And that was, that was probably, that was, that was a good point that I had with the movie. Like, as I was watching it, the I, I, kind, of, I kind of went under the, the system of disbelief. With things, um, but the the Finney Stones previously, with the Guardians of the Galaxy film, they they uh, Peter Quill goes and grabs the the the, uh, the stone destruction, then like he turns all purple and stuff and mm. grabs them as to where every Avengers character is able is able to like go and grab one of these stones and then be completely fine with it, right? So, with the exception of the Hulk, I would I would give it to the Hulk for the Time Stone, but every other um, Avengers character is able to be fine with any of these stones, as to where Peter Quill had a st- uh, um, power stone. No, he had the power stone, but he had he had the what's the the next um, essentials or or celestial? Oh yeah, yeah. The celestials. He had celestial blood with the throne, which yeah. made sense for why he was able to carry the power stone. Okay. Yeah. Versus you know some every average day human like Hawkeye. Yeah, but outside of Tony, nobody actually. Oh well, no, Hawkeye did hold the Soul Stone oh, directly, soul stone. Mm-hmm. but everybody else didn't hold it directly, right? So like, War Machine held the orb that Peter Quill originally yeah. held in Guardians yeah, yeah, yeah. of the Galaxy. Cap had the the, the scepter. Um, yeah. The box. I mean, definitely the box. The 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 square that the Death yeah, yeah, was surrounded in. Yeah. Which kind of like even the Tesseract itself. Tesseract, like it's, yeah. It's it's protecting you know the space. Yeah. So. Um, yeah so, so so they all grabbed something that surrounded it. Uh, Rocket yeah. like jabbed Jane. Yeah. And got the reality the, stone the, at her. Yeah, so some type of container. With um, the time stone definitely got held, but that's been there's been precedent for that being held already, yeah. anyways, through Doctor Strange. Uh, with the with the equivalent of you know it was, it was so where he holds it up with his two fingers it's held with magic right right mm-hmm. so but again you know was, even even if it's even if it's being held by hulk i'll give them that hulk hulk is is you know the most powerful person within the mcu and uh, you know i would hulk would be able to withstand that above anybody else I would say with the exception of, uh, like, Hawkeye Ronan holding the Soul Stone, Hulk was the only other one to actually hold a stone directly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody else held it after it was already inside the gauntlet. Yeah. And then even, you know, Ronan or Hawkeye, when he was running with the gauntlet at the end of the movie, or Spider-Man, like, mm-hmm. they all just held the gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Tony was the only other one to actually grab all the stones. Yeah. Um, out of Thanos' gauntlet, or his gauntlet that Thanos had. No, yeah, I completely agree. And that's, that's where my, that, that one scene... Is probably where my where I lie in as far as like like issues with that is is that Tony's able to grab all those from home and isn't able to be affected until it's seen within the gauntlet, mm-hmm. and then also Hawkeye Ronan is able to um, 
put or to be able to hold the soul stone without any issues. So. Yeah, I can see that. Overall, I mean, you know, as far as as far as movies go, it's definitely a very good movie. Um, you know, I I've, I've thought about like a lot about where I would rank it as within the the Marvel um, Cinematic Universe. Where where would you guys rank it within your your top five, or or however you're ranking it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's in my top five. Yeah, top five for sure. I, I put. Uh... Infinity War above this, yeah, easily. Um, I want to put this above Infinity War. I have to see it again. I mean, I've I've seen Infinity War like, you know, four or five times over the last mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Um. So I'd have to see this again in a in a more quiet theater where I can fully digest everything that's happening, as opposed to yeah, I went, you've you know, watched it, but now you gotta watch it. Yeah, <laughs> I went. I went opening night, and there was a lot of like cheering screaming and yelling and yelling, yeah. screaming and crying and gasping. You know, it was just like, yeah, I get it. Have you guys not read a single comic book in your entire life? <laughs> like, we all knew yeah. this was going to happen. Um, so I, I definitely want to see it again. I, it's it's right there on par with Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I have a lot of trouble putting anything higher than like Winter Soldier right now. Yeah, Winter um, Soldier is my go-to, yeah, the best MCU yeah. movie that. It was, yeah, absolutely. It was I think that's perfect. probably my my number one as well. And then uh, number two probably comes in at um, the the Endgame or Ant-Man, the original Ant-Man. The original Mm Ant-Man. Yeah, which I think is just severely underrated. I think that's probably why Mm -hmm. I give it such a high ranking is just because how underrated it is. Um, And then obviously it's either, it's going to be um, Infinity War after this. But I, I I, I would put this a little bit higher than Infinity War. Talk about underrated too. I, I really, I, I like Doctor Strange. Yeah, Doctor Strange. I, I really, I, I really like that movie a lot. I think it was, it was very good. Yeah. Really well done. Um, Definitely a lot of Steve Ditko in there. Yeah. For um, yeah. So, I'm not saying it's in my top five, but it's definitely it's up in the mix. That's for sure. I don't think that gets its credit because yeah. I mean, he, and that guy's. <laughs> could you have picked a better Strange? He's, no. he's great. He's, he's, he's yeah. pretty legit. He's yeah. basically what yeah. you expect to see. Mm-hmm. And Cumberbatch, he, he plays that role really well. AC does. Yeah, that's, that's been one thing the the MCU has been really good at as far as um, you know being able to pick the, the people that, that are able to, to just slide into those roles really well. Their mm-hmm. casting is on point. Fantastic. Oh. Like Chris Evans, they wanted him and they knew they wanted him and yep. they pursued him. And he turned that role down like three times. Yeah, I think the only one that, that fits really well that they didn't like necessarily like want right away was RDJ. And RDJ was the like um, Helm and uh, Favreau had to to go after Marvel and say yeah. no, I or, or he's the right guy for the job or you know. But um, you know, I, I I can't complain at all about any of the picks for. Even even some of the stuff like like we're, we're if we talk about like Hulk like um, uh, Mark Ruffalo versus Edward Norton Edward Norton. Edward Norton you know it's it's um I liked Edward Norton's Hulk a little bit better than I do Mark Ruffalo's but uh, you know I, I could take either one both of them fill the role really really well yeah so so what does it say if three out of the top five MCU movies are all Joe and Anthony Russo. 
That's that's big. Um, and they're the only three MCU movies that Joe and Anthony Russo have done. Have done, yeah. I mean, it, it speaks it definitely speaks to them, okay. um, as far as directors go. And uh, you know, they're I I don't dislike the the um, Joss Whedon stuff that he's done. Uh, you know, and there's there's been Taika Waititi coming into the reins, and yeah. he's done a really good job. And there's there's definitely some directing power within the MCU that that's kind of untapped. The guy that did Black Panther and that has done yeah. um, Creed, um, fantastic director there. Mm-hmm. So you know I don't think that it's it, it definitely doesn't speak in danger to Marvel with Joan Anthony being you know having their song song or a swan song in this, mm-hmm. but. Um, at least until Secret Wars come out, they're they're talking about seriously wanting to be there for Secret Wars. And they have made it known that that's the next project yeah. that they want to be a part of. Want to be a part yeah. of as far as, as, far as I, I think that they can uh, make suggestions that will uh, carry a little bit of weight. Yeah, so yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. That, uh, I think that they. <laughs> if there's, I mean, we're uh, talking about, there's a little buzz or a little chatter, yeah, this might be you know. We're talking about two movies that have breached the two billion mark for Marvel. Yeah. So yeah, I think they're they'll do fine as far as that goes. But. Yeah, they're not hurting. So, hey, yeah. one other thing. We'll go back to the movie real quick. I yeah. wanted to make yeah. sure, too. Is uh, Loki. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, I was trying to understand. Okay, obviously, in the one scene, he he's out because he grabs the Tesseract and goes. Yeah. Okay? Cool. But, why... He, he is in... If I'm wrong, correct me. But he's in the continuity where he could have come back during that battle, Yes. So, if we're ruling upon the lines of the movie, aside from the Captain America stuff, right? The, yeah. the stuff that we already pointed out. No, it would. If you think about, if you think about time as linear and one one direction, then as soon as he grabs the tesseract and that differed from the original sightings as what we know, that would have branched off into a new timeline. So it would have. It, it will. It exist parallel. To what we know currently. But he's not dead. He's not dead. So, well, so he's not dead. So not, the Loki that, that we have that lived Loki, with. The Loki that we know. The Loki that we've had in our yes, existence throughout the entire is MCU is dead. Yes. Okay. That but there, but there is a Loki right. now in a separate timeline that survived and transported himself out okay. after the Battle of New York. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. And that's where time travel gets tricky. Yeah, okay. and that's because in my mind, at that point in time, I obviously hadn't done the whole. Uh, I, well, I'm not, I'm not as quick as Tony. I, I didn't get all the time down, yeah. traveling stuff down. But I, because I, I was thinking that would be super sweet to have him come back in. And that's but, where the Loki show on Disney Plus comes in. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there's yeah. definitely yeah. a question yeah. that. Yep. Is is he going to branch off that, or is he going to go, or is it going to be like Loki of the past? Well, yeah, it, that's definitely something that we I can. I think they do branch off from that. I mean, that's that's yeah. the intent of these uh, vehicles that they're working there. Eh, I, 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 we can discuss that on a different yeah. podcast. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's definitely problems and stuff that goes into that altogether by itself. But um, we'll we'll discuss that on a different podcast. Um, you know, as far as what you guys think that will happen within Phase Four, what what are your guesses as far as? Now knowing, pinnacally knowing everything that we need to know to make these things, um, these guesses, what, what, where do you stand as far as what's going to be the ma- next major event? Where are they going to be moving towards? So they've already announced that they want to go cosmic with Phase yeah. 4. 
So Captain Marvel is going to be the ringleader of that. Between Captain Marvel and Asgardians of the Galaxy. Yep. Um, yeah. Are going to be ringleading. You like that? I like that. They're yeah, going to be. They're going to be ringleading the, movie, yeah. the the cosmic MCU Phase Four. But I also think they can bring in stuff like uh, Silver Surfer now that they have the rights. Yeah. Yep. Um, Fantastic Four now that they have the rights. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not they will in the next five years is kind of up in the air. Um, but now that they have the ability to, um, characters like them, they can also do like a Galactus character, um, the Eternals. Yeah. So if they if they want to go that that cosmic route, they can go that route. Um, I still think that there's a lot to do with like the Kree and the Scroll and the Secret yes. Wars. Secret oh no, yeah. absolutely and yes. And yeah. I, I I do think that there's there's eventually going to be a, a path down that down that route. Yeah. Especially if the Russo brothers want it, and they're like, hey, yeah. we'll come back for Secret Wars. Yep. Like, yeah. There's no way Bob Iger think... goes no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like not after the money that they just made. Not after the success that they just had with these last three movies that they've done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I could see that for sure. Um, I don't know. I had to think about that, Josh. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll come back to it, especially after yeah. Spider-Man. We'll get we'll get more clues whenever Spider-Man comes out mm-hmm. as far as where they might be going with it. I think, um, you know, if, if I were to guess, my guess would be that they, um, my original guess was that they would go off on a, um, a cosmic type of realm, and then they would keep, you know, the the Avengers um, stationary. I think that they're tra- probably moving away from the from the Avengers a little bit. Um, there were definitely keys to a couple different teams within there. There was the A Force, which is a very good possibility. Um, there was the Illuminati um, within the signs of the Illuminati within. Mm-hmm. That, that last hour, um, which is another good possibility. I think that they could branch off. I know they're going to branch off. I, I'm confident that they're going to branch off into like at least two different, two different um, scenes as far as big group type things like they've done with the Avengers. Uh, I don't know what those two things are, whether it's going to be... I, I know that's definitely going to be the cosmic side of things. I don't know if the other side is going to be Young Avengers or if it's going to be A-Force or if it's going to be... Um, the Illuminati, but um, they're definitely going to branch off into those two things, and then they'll all merge um, with, I think, Galactus probably being the big bad of the, the, the next major movement, like Infinity War, and then they'll they'll move in with Secret Wars, and Galactus is bringing the universes together, clashing everybody together, um, in which case we'll see, you know, Maybe RDJ or maybe um, Chris Evans back on the screen yeah. as does those characters. Sounds like a plan. Give them a call. Yeah. Well, make it yeah. happen. Make it happen. Go to Disney. Call your people. Yeah. I'll call my people. We call your people. <laughs> we'll, we'll share it out. So speaking of sharing things out, make sure to share out the podcast. Um, like the Facebook page. Follow the Facebook page. Like us on Twitter. Um, make sure to, to rate and comment the podcast where you find podcasts um, at. If you can't find us there, make sure to let me know, um, and we will make sure that we're put there. Uh, leave any type of comments that you have uh, on what we've discussed today. What do you think is going to happen with uh, the Marvel and uh, Phase 4? Um, until then, until next week, this has been the Nerd Force Podcast.